mixing things up and adding some variation to our lineup. Welcome to Amberpod. Episode of Hand of Pod for 2013 and the 92nd overall. We're getting old now, really old. Um, I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined, as I am every week, by the ever faithful English Dan. Good evening, I'll never leave you, Sam. Norma, almost every week, anyway. Um, Joel is, is being a traitor for this week and probably for next week, so we've got a couple of guests, one this week, one next week. This week's, uh, you've heard his voice. This week, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> this week's, you've heard his voice already, is uh, Mariano, whose well, surname I always forget, I'm sorry. Hola, buenas noches. Capalaro. Capalbo. Capalbo. Yeah. Capalbo, I, I'm near the beginning of it. I always want to call you Mariano Gonzalez for some reason, and I don't know. No idea why. No. Um, but anyway, here we are, and we're discussing uh, the second week of action in the Torneo Final, and also the Argentine debutantes from last week in the Copa Libertadores. Um, any main talking points, guys? What, what do we think? Another week of, of really good goals this weekend. Yeah, it was another... No, few, few goals. Yeah. Mm, few goals, but yeah. some good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite as many as, as the first weekend, but I thought it was... Uh, a pretty decent weekend of football totally. and unlike the first weekend as well we saw a, well at least one I think possibly two I can't remember which the other one was um, solo effort no, the first weekend was full of sort of long range strikes we had two very good uh, from yeah. Lucas Vieto down in the weekend Luciano Vieto Luciano Vieto I'm getting everybody's name wrong I think you were we had two you got Luciano Vieto and Lucas Viatri but I'm sure you want to tell us about that because it involves the win of the uh, competitive season as well so go for it yeah it was brilliant I've had um, actually a 100% record watching Racing in 2013 every time I've watched the games uh, they've won I went down to um, Mare Plata to watch Boca which was a 2-1 I managed to catch I didn't watch much of it but I caught quite a bit of uh, the River game which also finished it was 2-1 right and then yeah missed the Independiente game which was a draw in pre-season and then the capitulation to Rafaela but was back in the back in the terraces on Friday night for um, the hosting of Argentinos Juniors and it was from everything I heard uh, you know obviously having not seen the first game just a complete turnaround in fortunes Mm. and Vieto definitely made the made a difference he was left out rather controversially in the first week and then came back in kind of you'd say he was a media punta or second striker behind Sandu stayed in and it was just a yeah really lovely goal took kind of picked the ball up from about 20-25 metres out and just slalom through really about three Argentinos mm. defenders what's up with Centurion Centurion I'll get we'll get to that we've been okay. kind of covering the saga a bit like that <laughs> Um, but let's stick with uh, young Vieto who yeah slung slung past about three Argentinos defenders and just fired it into the bottom right corner really really nice goal like Nereo Fernandez didn't really have a chance to save it I thought now seeing it for the first time live in the stadium the keeper might have kind of dived over it and not done well but it was really unstoppable 
and that's it Lassie on the way basically they kept it tight after that goal that came just before half time so kept it tight in the second half didn't really press on as much as they could have done against Argentina's team which again was pretty uh, disappointing but very very poor debut for uh, Keiko Vichalgo you know, the yeah, he, he did absolutely. Yeah, he did absolutely he did nothing. 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 Although I, I can't blame him too much because it was really poor, poor Argentina's performance more than anything going forward. Yeah. Because I can't remember the geezer's name, the the black centre forward they've got, the big. And I'm going on Leon. That's the one. Jose Luis. And I'm going on Leon. Yeah. That's one name I can't remember tonight. And every time that Argentina's went forward, they were playing for him. It was all long balls. It was all crosses and. The geezer, he's got a brilliant head and he's got a brilliant jump. He was winning a lot of headers against Ortiz, which is a but pretty difficult thing to do. But nothing was coming with Vichal as well. It's just a game for him to. They will have a, really. good, a very good striker back soon. You know, this the Peruvian Slatan uh, yeah. Fernandez. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he looks like Slatan Fernandez. He, he broke his fibula, was it? In, uh, yeah. oh God, it must have been sort of late August, early. I think it was like yeah, the opening game of the. It might even have been the other No, match. it was the game against Racing, funny enough. Of course, it, yeah, yeah. So yeah, six yeah. months ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, played, he turned out for the reserves. I think he scored, didn't he? Mm, I'm not sure. But I know he played for the reserves, yeah, so yeah. I, I think that in one, two weeks he will be yeah. well. That'll so be a big boost for them, because I, I, I like an angle all day on. His approach play is good, but he's not the best finisher. <laughs> right. He's, he scores a few goals, but he doesn't score as many as he well, they lost should. five in a row now, and yeah. goals Gabriel Surer is really has been in charge for six competitive games. He drew the first one, he's lost the five yeah. He drew at River. Neil Neil and then lost five in a row and looks like if they don't get a result this weekend yeah, it's going to be tough he might be out yeah. I do feel a bit sorry for him because in terms of obviously losing the the last uh, three matches of, of the Toneo Inicial isn't great but then you have the pre-season and he's trying to get his team back and when I saw them against Vélez on the first weekend they were much better yeah, right, uh, you know right. they didn't play badly they were a little unfortunate to, to only lose against the defending champion so as we're going to mention and with it, a you know, long shot started slowly crazy long shot but they've got Vélez and then they have Racing away in the very next round which obviously Racing well, now was heavily on the first now they have a game now they have a game they should win hmm. I mean it's one of those games at home against Arsenal that you can win them so yeah you'd say another defeat would probably be all she right for for sure, right? Six games lost in a row. Yeah, yeah. I think saying, yeah, they're saying if he doesn't win. Yeah, yeah, unless they don't win it, I think. Yeah, which is why I'm sorry for him. Um, but the opponents this coming weekend, as they now uh, play last night on Monday um, against Rafaela. Did either of you bother watching it? I yeah, did actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. I did watch yeah. it. I watched the first half hour, then I went out for the yeah. pub quiz. But um, I heard afterwards that it wasn't a fantastic match it, it had its charms I, remember, I think from what I saw uh, Lisandro Lopez had probably one of the best chances to open, to open the scoring like, took it down he found himself in the box cross up came over from the right and he took it down brilliantly on his chest and smashed smashed in and uh, Rafaela played better in the first yeah. half yeah and then Arsenal probably yeah, and Arsenal in the, in the second. second and in the yeah. final 10 minutes was like uh, they didn't want to lose yeah. and <laughs> okay yeah. just settled for the we're going to be talking uh, about Arsenal next week because <coughs> our, our special guest for next week is, is an Arsenal fan oh. <laughs> we found one <laughs> oh, well, speaks, right? and he speaks English yeah. as well uh, which is, is an Arsenal fan, fan and he speaks English yeah incredible he's one of about three I think yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we'll move on with the other, the other results this weekend the ones that really 
um, standout Godoy Cruz versus Union. Martin Palermo got his first win in charge of Godoy Cruz, 2-1. Union's unbeaten run, we mention this every single week, is now stretched to 25 matches. Um, it will be extended this um, weekend to no, I'm beating They're playing Venice this weekend, aren't they? I mean, without winning. They're, they're playing. Team. Sorry, yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> is, did I say I'm beating? You did. Oh, yes, winless is what I meant to say. Yeah, you're right, Mario. They're playing Kilmas this They're weekend. They're playing Kilmas, so it's like a <laughs> what a mess again. World Cup two. final, <laughs> World Cup relegation final. The the two bottom teams in the in the relegation zone. Um, Part of the reason that they're the bottom teams because Kilmes actually won. They, they got a two-one win as well against Old Boys. What does that? Yeah, say? that's Old a very Boys. good win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason that Kilmes is still second bottom is that Independiente pulled off easily the shock of the weekend. Um, mass, mass, of the season. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. Travelled to Vélez Sarsfield, defending champions. Um, Gave them a one-man head start. After about 20, <laughs> 20 minutes, minutes in, Julian Velasquez got, to, got himself sent off very so, generously. So and stupid. Two yellows. Unbelievable. Yeah. Two yellows. Yeah. <laughs> Both ridiculous. The second, foul, the second foul was yeah. a hard foul from behind in midfield. Just no there was no way he wasn't going to get a yellow card for that foul. And he already had one. Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then... Just before half time, an absolutely brilliant goal from a centre back as well from uh, Christian Tula, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, lucky, lucky. Made goal. it one 0 and they managed to, to hang on. But how do you explain that? Independiente, they're rubbish, aren't they? Dan, you're playing them this weekend. The big. I wish I well, I was talking with this. this now. I was talking about this to um, with Mariano just before you came in. And it's like just typical, typical Independiente. Like they uh, they're going pretty awfully, and then. They get that result just before the classic goal, which lifts the spirits and kind of sends them in with um, with a bit more confidence to the, um, to our game. But no, nah, we'll see. That like, you got to respect them. They didn't they didn't play well again. We can say this, but they showed a hell of a lot of fight, and they you know they managed to get the goal. A little bit fortunate that it was, and just held on for dear life and defended solidly. And mm. I think. That's probably not far off what we're going to see against Sebastian. They're going to try and keep it really, really tight. They're going to kick everything that moves, and you know, use people like Morera, Rodriguez, Tula. You know, these guys to really kind of like put the pressure on, um, put the pressure on Racing, and right. yeah, and then just hold in there and you know get the penalty, which is obligatory when Racing goes to the Libertadores <laughs> de America, and try and win winner. <laughs> they were they were due some luck. I think independent. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah like they haven't had enough luck over the last. Remember the, the the river the river game, two uh, two. Uh, also against News, they missed the penalty and then mm. they concede two goals. Uh, I think they have less points than what they should have. There, there were games that it was unbelievable that they, they lose. For example, the, the pending game that they played against Tigre. That finished one-one, uh, and also they missed many chances. I think all the luck that they were due from previous games, they had it this weekend. Also, well, let's hope they've used up all their luck. Yeah. Also, you, you have the, you have to. One of the reasons is Bailey is not the same team. No, they've they really started quite lukewarm, haven't they? They've had a very full-on start to the season. They played Argentinos away, and then they had to travel last week uh, to Huachaquil uh, in Ecuador where they played Emelec um, I think they were playing that match as we were recording last week actually um, they ended up losing that 1-0 as well playing really well they've now got to they're in Copa Libertadores actually again uh, is it tomorrow night? Or yeah tomorrow night tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow Wednesday night uh, against Iquique mm-hmm. uh, Chile uh, then they've got a, a league match at the weekend and then next 
Tuesday, I think it is, the 26th, they play, uh, they're away to Peñarol. They have quite a, huge, a trip. huge game this weekend. But it's very much match after match after match. Yeah, and they yeah. have a huge game this weekend at, La- yeah. at Lanús. Yeah, who've been the form team of the first two matches really for what that means in the league anyway two games in (laughs) Um, but yeah we we mentioned Vélez in the Libertadores and there was only one Argentine victor in fact in the Libertadores last week that was Newell's Old Boys Mm -hmm. who very impressive beat uh, Olimpia 3-1 in uh, El Coloso del Parque Uh, the other results what were those? Uh, Arsenal lost 2-1 uh, against the strongest yes, Arsenal lost 2-1 against the strongest uh, in La Paz in a, what was a very amusing match crazy crazy um, match yeah they finished with 9 men and they, they couldn't even move their legs and, and they I mean essentially they, they lost 2-1 because the strongest were just dreadful yeah, I mean, like, yeah, because so there was, uh, in the final third, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, Three thousand four hundred meters of altitude of La Paz. Uh, so now we're playing what nearly an hour with only ten men. It was still one-one. Yeah, and it was only once uh, Emilio Senasha got himself sent off for slapping an opponent in the face for no reason whatsoever. Nice punch. After that, <laughs> I think he just wanted to go off. He was tired and he fancied a rest. Yeah. But uh, I mean, when, when you keep a, a La Paz side to, to an 87th minute winner, when you're only down to especially nine, when you're the strongest, like, yeah, the strongest. <laughs> they are not really the strongest. <laughs> it's worth saying. And and Boca <laughs> against Toluca. Oh my that god! That was very funny. Nice defensive performance oh, yeah. by Celai. Celai, <laughs> unbelievable. I think everybody saw that game. Two matches in a row in La Bombonera where Boca conceded two goals, of course, because they did the same thing against Quilmes, yeah. although it, they managed to was, score enough. It was the first time ever that Boca debuts at home in Libertadores and, and loses, loses. Yeah. and the first time ever that they finish one nil at halftime and they lose the game. Was so it the first time as well a Mexican team's won in La Bombonera? Nah, I'm not sure so, about that. Yeah. I'm not sure about yeah, it. Was so now in Mexico they were very, no, 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 very pleased with it. It was unbelievable. And what did Bianchi on the weekend after that match? Six changes. Six yeah. changes and a super defensive lineup. Uh, the, the only reason he just wanted to not to concede a goal. Yeah. And okay, <laughs> he yeah, did. Yeah. But of course, they didn't show that goal in the whole game almost. Yeah. But that was against Tigre, of course, where yeah. there was nil nil uh, in the Monumental de, de Victoria. Uh, a match in which, kind of following on from uh, one of the stats that Joel came out with uh, last week, I can't remember from which match, uh, but Boca had, I think, three shots and none were on target, um, which really goes to show the, the attacking intent which Bianchi is instilling into this team. Is this going to change when Riquelme reaches match pitch? Fitness? I think that's, about, I think that's a bit unfair, because in the first, well, the first two games they, they netted four. Yes, exactly. So it was just a react, you know. He overreacted a little bit to, to that leaky defence. Yeah, but uh, the problem is that you. But he's got a very long history of very much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Building from the back, which oh, is, is why I say it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if this turns out to be the sort of the, the beginning of the trend. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. If but how long you can keep Erviti, Silva, Somoza on the bench before they turn uh, yeah. on the coach? They're not, they're <laughs> not shrinking violence, especially Erviti, who we know was very, very close with, uh, with Falcioni. Yeah. And Silver as well, of Silver. course. Yeah, and yeah. some also I think had a big relationship with with Fasciani too. Um, but also one of the the men who we picked out in our preview episode as one of the signings of the summer, Juan Manuel Martinez. Um, he's not really got going for them yet, has he? Mm. Yeah, he, he's been one of the better players. For he's like the whole yeah. book offense. He's days. been kind of carrying him with right faint praise, though. His, yeah, his, of course. His, um, <laughs> maybe when Riquelme is playing. Uh, they will make a nice attacking pair, but for now, yeah, okay. 
he's not doing much. Mm. But okay, when you have Rivai Rodriguez, Christian Herbes, <laughs> and in the in the same team, it's like he do, he doesn't have anyone to play. <laughs> no, sure. Um, who else was there? We've mentioned Arsenal, Venice, Boca, already in the Newells in the um, in the Copa. Yeah, oh. uh, Libertadores. So that was no. uh, Tigre, of course. Tigre, they, didn't play. Uh, they played against Quilmes in the Torneo Inicial 2012. Uh, the one match that was left to be played of that, it was a nil-nil draw. There was nothing to to say yeah. about. Tigre was just resting some players. Yeah. No, I mean aside from the fact that it happened at the same time as I think it was Boca's Libertadores match, so none of us were watching it anyway. I think actually has been by all accounts a very dull game. Someone yeah. say anything about it? Which is funny because that's quite um, quite a spicy fixture, as as you say in Argentina. Yeah, Tigre against Quilmes is no love lost, especially it's between the fans and stuff. Yeah, it's not exactly a classico, but it's um, quite a hard yeah. classico. I remember, I think it was either last year or the year before. Uh, the news came out of yeah, loads of about twenty Tigre fans being held by police because they were kind of lying in wait by the um, by the motorway with a bag full of Molotov cocktails. And yeah. <laughs> well, they have a long history. Bombs, yeah. Yeah. In well, National B. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they played yeah, many many years in National B. The same with Old Boys. Yeah. Those are small clubs. Platense, that kind right. of In fact, yeah. uh, one of the first episodes of Hand of Pod, I think me and Australian Dan probably mentioned that we'd been to Tigre Quilmes in Victoria um, that week and the atmosphere was <laughs> notable you know there, yeah. there was uh, there was plenty of uh, back and forth between the fans it was, it was good fun uh, not always in an entirely healthy manner but yeah now when monitor cocktails get involved you can sort of say they've tipped over the line a little yes precisely um, other notable results from the weekend before we move on to the two pace setters in the title race uh, San Lorenzo Drew nil nil Mariano, and of course we have Mariano in here. We've been promising our listeners for a few weeks, Mariano, that uh, first of all that we're getting to talk about San Lorenzo a bit, mm-hmm. and then of course we're going to ask you a little bit about uh, the the big thing which which has happened since the last time that you were on, albeit it was a few months ago with the return. Return to boy. But first of all, what did you think of the weekend match? What do you think of San Lorenzo? Do you think that? What do you think of Pizzi? Actually, this is what yeah. I'm very interested. Uh, so I think we've had you on since he took over. I really like Pizzi. I think his idea is. Uh, I like his idea of uh, attacking football, even if the last three games were near nil and you can tell that by the, by the results. But you have to think that the rivals were at Lanús, the first game, mm. and last game of last tournament was a normal nil nil. The game at San Juan is not an easy one, so okay, that nil nil was not that nice, but. It's an okay result. And against relegation rivals. Yeah, it's again neither one neither one to lose, so it's okay. Um, now we have the Belgrano game. You know, Belgrano is probably the toughest team in the first division, and um, they put a lot of pressure in midfield, and then they try to play on counter attacks. They did it a couple of times. Sorenzo should have won it, and could have lost it. So in the end, the draw is not that bad result. Uh, but I, I like Pitch. I like his idea. I like the way he's. Uh, the formation lineup he's using the team is a four-two-three-one. With a, Ignacio Piatti is a main attacking guy, and he played only two games in 2012. So it's mm. he needs time to recover from. Yeah, sure. He suffered like three injuries in a row, so he needs time. Also, Alan Ruiz has been on the bench. I think he will be a regular. He will start this weekend uh, because. Uh, Defensive midfielder Enzo Kalinski is suspended, so uh, I like his idea. The problem is that if he doesn't start 
uh, winning games. Uh, people won won way much, uh, but uh, like you said, uh, in terms of the um, the relegation promedios or that kind of thing, do you think? San Lorenzo are pretty much all right. A, it's okay. There's a now. nine point gap to Independiente. Yeah, it's a nine point gap to Independiente. Uh, still a big difference with Quilmes. And, okay, of course, Union. Union, Union is so I think much. we can safely forget about them. Yeah, yeah, Union <laughs> will relegate. <laughs> Quilmes still has to make like, they have, I think, uh, 22, 23 points in the season and they need to make like 25, 28 points more in the remaining 17 rounds. So I think that will be very difficult as well. <laughs> But, uh, Sally. Sally. Okay. <laughs> We're just interrupted by a zombie. Uh, he's now looking <laughs> at us through the window I don't know. door. Okay, but Bailed. he opened the door. I mean, like. Yeah. <laughs> <Until> <laughs> nah. But you're saying about the, the relegation. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that for now, San Jose uh, have to start winning games. Mm. Because if Independiente wins the derby this weekend. Uh, I hope they don't. Then. Thank you. <laughs> uh, could get ugly, you know. If they are, I don't know, seven, six points, it, it would be a very small yeah. distance. But so what you what you're basically saying is you'll be cheering, cheering for Racing this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Dan, in return, when Racing plays San Lorenzo later in the season, will you be cheering for, for San Lorenzo if it means that Independiente's task is made a little bit harder? They won't be playing for nothing by then, so. <laughs> what, what I thought we could have been friends then, Marian. What round is it? It's pretty soon. Ah, it's yeah. a sixth for yeah, about uh, sixth uh, yeah, okay. or seventh. Yeah. So yeah, you'll still have have probably have something to play for with Racing. <laughs> for sure. Let's hope so. Yeah, they will be playing for the Copa Sudamericana, please. Yeah. And the other thing that we have to ask you about, well, two things really. I think first of all, um, what do you think of uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen's San Lorenzo flower seeds? I don't know whether you saw this. He's completely the press crazy. release on my blog. Um, oh, the I, I, I forgot uh, to mention it last week, but it is for charity, which is, is why I'm doing so. Um, Viggo Mortensen, if you're in the UK, he, he's released uh, with in, in conjunction with Sutton's Seeds uh, a, a packet of, of flower seeds called the Casla Petunia Mix, which is a, a red is and blue Atlético San Lorenzo del Mar. Exactly, a red and blue uh, Petunia. Uh, seed packets so you, you can sow Viggo Mortensen's seed in your garden um, if you want to and all of the proceeds go towards a Devon based uh, football charity in the you UK know, I only read that from you uh, it's, it was nowhere well no exactly yeah. they got even the San Lorenzo yeah. Yeah. Press. that's incredible yeah. apparently Viggo's mentioned it on his blog and on the San Lorenzo website I've been told oh, by yeah? uh, I didn't read it. but they got in touch with me and asked me uh, to promote it basically because no, you know, um, and I think it's a, a very good cause it's a fantastic story which is one more thing to add to the the Vigo madness for San Lorenzo it's completely crazy uh, if no, you do no, want more details uh, of that if you go to astelgolsiempre.com my blog and just do a search for Vigo Mortensen um, and it, it'll pop up but also of course Mariana what, what you think of the the return to Boeda we're imagining that you're fairly happy with it you can't be well, sad about it and can you give us any sort of updates what's happened in the last month or so with it because they're now talking aren't they well, yeah, they are they, uh, some weeks ago they started negotiations with uh, Carrefour with the supermarket uh, the idea is that there are six months uh, where Sarenzo has to get the money needed for the fideicomiso, I don't know mm. <laughs> how do you translate that. Yeah, the kind of trust fund, I think. Trust fund, yeah, something yeah. like that. Fundraisers. So, uh, there are, uh, they, have, they are selling like uh, 
square meters, you know, uh, virtual square meters. Uh, they divided the 94 million pesos they have to uh, get in 32,000 uh, square meters for the land, and each meter is uh, 2,000 and something pesos, and you pay that in 70 pesos per month or something like that. Yes, we are still not paying it. You have to, you have to wait until they make an arrangement with Carrefour yeah. if that's okay. The situation uh, is that Carrefour have been given six months to reach an agreement that they're happy with, and right. if they haven't reached that agreement in six months, then I guess expropriated. And I don't know if it will be right? that hard. Well, I think they will try to find a. Let's say it's within the law. Pinelli, the vice president, has been saying this week that Carrefour maybe could be happy of getting like part of the. Of that place, like I don't know, ten thousand square meters, yeah. and they do uh, like a mini market there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, besides the, the stadiums or the stadium or whatever they are going to build there. Yeah, I've got to say, I've I've got a group of friends, like some very dear friends, that live within three blocks of the um, of the current Carrefour site, and they're really really hoping it doesn't happen because <laughs> at the moment they've got a very convenient massive hypermarket just around their house where they can buy everything yeah. and that will soon be, soon be changed by having 50,000 football fans converge in their house <laughs> every, every week yeah. and I've seen every you know every now and then uh, San Lorenzo do um, the demonstration they live imagine uh, Avenida La Plata y Constitución just there yeah, and there's always a few broken really. windows always a few kind of things getting rubs and stuff so if that happens every week they're not going to be particularly happy. Well, there, there's people happy in the neighbourhood and there's people probably not yeah. happy with that. But the thing is, these things take Something time, is like, going to happen. Because <laughs> I, mean, I know, just, you know, from years ago into Racing and stuff, once you have the stadium there, it really does create kind of a neighbourhood buzz, you know. You get all the people that are hanging the colours out the window and they come down and on the streets, there's going to be a lot of movement. So it's, always, it's nice to have that kind of thing around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also the uh, when the stadium was there, the neighborhood was, uh, I don't know, the, the, the kids have, they had a place to go, you know, because yeah. it's not only the stadium, the football stadium, but it's also like a mm. club where you have yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, swimming pools and all kind of stuff, so it uh, could be a good thing for the for neighborhood. Yeah. So, I, that, can, I can see why there might be some people who prefer not to be there. I, I remember Joel uh, telling you, Joel lives uh, very close to the Estadio Monumental to, to Real Place Ground and of course they have a lot of rock concerts there mm -hmm. and I remember him telling me a couple of years ago that he'd had a, uh, a residence meeting in his building and that a bunch of the little old ladies who lived there were complaining about the noise being made by these oh, yeah. concerts and Joel was saying to them I mean when you moved into the building the building's only 10 years old when you moved into it, the stadium was already there, and they were already. Yeah, yeah, it's been there since the 1940s. <laughs> they didn't right. just put that there last week and start having concerts in it. Uh, and obviously, if, <laughs> if they are going to, oh, they were already making concerts ten years ago. You yeah. know, in the 90s, there were much more concerts that, that they are doing now. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they know, they knew that. Uh, so I can kind of sympathise with with why people might not necessarily want a, a 50,000 seater stadium right next right next door to them, but. I mean, I'm kind of come down somewhere between the two, I suppose. It, it, it is. It's the neighbourhood club as well. It remains, yeah, yeah. I mean, does it remain the neighbourhood club? Oh yeah, you go down to Boedo yeah, and no, everything, no. like all the all the pintadas, all the graffitis of uh, San Lorenzo and yeah. anti huracan everything. <laughs> it's yes, uh, San Lorenzo is is Boedo and Boedo San Lorenzo. Right. And uh, if, but if you check a map, 
it's not far from the current stadium. Mm. You know? No, 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 geographically, no, no, it's, it's really close. But in terms but of feels, the kind of mentality, it feels, it feels, but it feels really hard. Yeah. And well, the, the bad results of the Inicial came after the, the return to Boedo was approved. Mm. Uh, that's crazy, but it, it, it's like uh, everybody was thinking about that and happy about that, and the results started the game, the stadium was packed the last few, yeah. few home games. Uh, it's something really important, but yeah. for now it's in the ne negotiation stage. Yeah, nothing's going to move particularly fast in this. We can probably no. say no, but uh, but they're they already putting a a date for the new stadium. You know, 2015 <laughs> is the date. <laughs> That's That's yeah. yeah, two That's years away. Yeah. Could be off. May 2015 is the. The first days of May, I don't know, it's crazy, but I mean, I, I thought this was crazy two years ago when it started, mm. and, and they did it, so now <laughs> I think anything's possible here. Nothing, <laughs> you nothing know? is too crazy. No, enough, no, so. no, exactly. Uh, uh, that's right. one thing I've learned through living here for nearly three years, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that. Uh, but I guess the, the only other question, at least that I can think of <laughs> now, is, is if, if it happens, if the new stadium gets built, in San, amongst San Lorenzo's fan base, is there going to be any kind of residual affection for the stadium you're playing in at the moment when of you leave? Course. No, no, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be there, of course. I mean, the, the older stadium was closed in 1979. Mm. And then we had no stadium for uh, 14, 15 years. Yeah. The new one was uh, inaugurated in 1993. And those 14, yeah, it's so cool. You were playing home games in Ferro, Rakan, Ferro, Rakan, Boca, Vélez. Yeah. yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Mm. And yeah, this is like our home, you know. Yeah. We won the championship in 95, in 2001, Copa Sudamericana 2002, yeah. so, and the championship in 2007. So there are many good memories in that same. So yeah, yeah. Well, of course we like it. But no, Libertador is still the. You know. No, no, Libertador. <laughs> You're saving that I for the for the new stadium. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm I'm from uh, from near to to Bristol, Mariano's, as you probably know, and there's a, a one of the teams in Bristol as well. <laughs> Bristol Rovers spent a similar amount of time, actually, about a decade and a half. I think it was 16 years, uh, having to play in, in Bath, which is a city just outside Bristol, much smaller city, um, in exile as well. Basically, they were sharing the ground with the rugby club, and when they returned. Um, to Bristol, it was it was also a very kind of emotional thing for their fans. They're not quite as big a club as San Lorenzo uh, in <laughs> okay, terms of the English okay. football fans. Yeah. <laughs> but they are also known as the Gas because their old ground was in the shadow of the Gas. Like the gas so yeah, there's, there's something in common there. That, that must be the, the first ever comparison of Bristol Rovers and San Lorenzo. Indeed, this is it's a well kind of a This is the thing that makes <laughs> Hand of Pod a podcast like no other. Yeah. Um, and we're now going to move on um, to talk about the, the two big winners of, of the weekend uh, the two teams who currently sit atop <coughs> like a pair of footballing colossi atop the torneo final um, standings after two matches yes <laughs> two matches uh, they've won two games uh, it's Lanús of course and slightly more impressively perhaps in some ways uh, River Plate um, <laughs> who should we tackle first? Yeah. yeah, I think Lanus deserves. Yeah, <laughs> Lanus played first, and therefore I suppose by default they deserve to be uh, mentioned first. Um, they went to Newell's in a tie that, as I said during Mystic Sam last week, was probably the, the tie between the two most impressive teams of the first round, and they slaughtered them. 3 0 away from home. Newell's 
Newell's finished with 61% of the possession. Yeah, I know, but it was Newell's biggest defeat at home in a decade. Yeah. You know, since 2002, there are three goals different. They didn't lose at home. Was that, was that against San Lorenzo? Yeah, 4-1. Four, 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 yeah. Yeah. Nasser as well, in the whole initial under Martina, they, they only conceded 11 goals. Yeah, so that three is like a third, almost a third of the the goals that they conceded for a whole season. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that they didn't have Heinze, Gabriel Heinze, Ignacio Coco, Vishalva in midfield. So they were resting a few players. They also had a couple suspended uh, because they have the big Copa Libertadores match this week at Venezuela. Yeah. They have a long trip to Venezuela, and they have to go next weekend. They have another long trip to San Juan. Mm-hmm. So. They rested a few players, and I don't know if they get to the final rounds close to Lanús, they will regret about this because not many teams are going to win at, at Rosario. No, and no so that's true. These three points, I think, could be very important in but, a few months. But one thing is that none of the teams who were in Copa Libertadores action last week won this weekend. And I said last week after Lanús were, were very impressive on the first weekend against Colón as well. Uh, they won 4-0 so now Lanús have played two scored seven goals and seen them none um, that the fact that Lanús aren't involved in the Libertadores could well help them in terms of the, the other teams you'd expect to be frontrunners for the title well, it's, it's the same thing we say every single year this time of year Absolutely. the teams that are in the Libertadores are going to be no team no team in Argentina no team in Argentina won the Copa Libertadores and the first championship of the year at the same time no, no one did uh, in 20 years in the, since we have this system this two tournament system exactly. so it's <laughs> even if even Boca with uh, the big Bianchi Boca Bianchi in the late 90s and early 2000 couldn't do it so I don't know if Vélez uh, qualifies in, from the group stage I think they probably have no, no chance in the, in the league maybe domestic title no was it Vélez have probably gone closest right to semi-finals and and winning the league in 2011 yeah semi-finals yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah. which was an yeah, amazing effort yeah, looking back we talked about yes. that exactly that yeah we, we were trying to find examples who got yeah. as close and we couldn't find any um but the oh god what was I going to say the the first goal in, in Lanus uh, 3-0 win at the week, uh, weekend against Newell's was a Romario-like effort <laughs> according to uh, Alejo Rivera on Twitter an Argentine football journalist um, Romero just perfectly breaking the offside trap stepping around the goalkeeper and then just delaying we thought maybe just for half a second too long before scoring from about two yards out um and then the others were Mario Regueiro scored the third from a penalty who scored yeah, the second the second no, was an own goal Marco Cáceres yeah. was a fantastic own goal former wrestling defender yeah. <laughs> it's good to see you still I remember you being yeah. rather angry about when he signed for Newell's and actually played quite well yeah so it's good to see him return to form like, there's <laughs> nothing worse than seeing an absolute donkey in your team start to actually play quite well when he moves club so I'm happy to see him <laughs> score for the wrong side but yeah Lanus are um, Impressing us so far. They've, as we've already mentioned, they're at home to Vélez this coming weekend. They, they have they have a tough schedule because they had to play News and now they play Vélez. But at the same time, they are lucky because their rivals have the this Copa Libertadores matches yeah. in the middle. For example, News rested players last weekend, and it wouldn't be a surprise if Vélez also rests some players. And even if Vélez don't, they they look tired, they, yeah. well, or at least they look like. They're not quite fully match fit to be and playing this week, many games. So and rapidly. next week they play against Peñarol yeah. at Uruguay. So it's really hard. Two two huge games uh, in Copa Libertadores, and in between you, they have the game against Lanús. So that's a good thing for for Lanús. Mm. 
um, the other the, the joint leaders of the torneo final and more importantly having now racked up six points in the final towards their relegation standing which I think we're almost getting to the point where we can say that they can yeah. they don't need to yeah, worry yeah. about it anymore yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to start saying it just yet but <laughs> it's uh, River Plate um, who won 1-0 at home to Estudiantes uh, oh, Classic match, um, very very good finish, and another one of the uh, one of the weekend's golazos. A fantastic uh, centred cross, Mariel Rojas, that drifted over the head of Newell's defender, um, which David Tresige, King David, met on the volley uh, for only his second Argentine Primera goal yeah. of his career, which how still doesn't quite sound right when you say it. And how long had it been since his since his first? I don't well, right? remember which game it was in, but he, he struggled during the the torneo. Yeah, it feels like a, a very long time indeed. Um, but as as expert a volley as as you any that you see from Tresigan really. <laughs> it's like every goal is a volley, right? Like, yeah, you say Tresigan volley and people know exactly how well it's executed. Um, which leaves River with obviously the, even though the, the performance itself wasn't wasn't a classic, it, it much better atmosphere around the club. The first um, half was not that bad. Yeah, the first half wasn't. I, I didn't think the second half was all that bad either. Afterwards, the Estudiantes were complaining about, you know, they would say, oh, you know, we played really well, and we, we, I didn't think they were the playing at all. has really. Um, I'm not quite sure who, what they were trying to do with that match to look at it and say that, no, that was no, a good no, performance. I think there are problems there with uh, damage limitations. With, Diego, yeah. with coach Diego Cania, uh, he's leaving Roman Martinez, one of his best players, on the on the bench. Uh, he only played. Three four minutes in the first two games <laughs> of the season of the tournament, and I don't know. I think mm, players don't like him much. Yeah, I'm not sure about it, but they have zero points. And well, I, I hope they continue like this next weekend. <laughs> there was also we, we saw a flash for about the last 15 minutes of Juan Manuel Iturbe, uh, who made his his River Plate debut and his first division debut. Because he was at Kilmes yeah. before and he didn't even play. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was training with Kilmes uh, when the AFA were trying to uh, to make sure he didn't play for Paraguay and, and was resident in Argentina. Um, and he he did very well. I mean, he came off the bench and almost the very first thing he did was go on a lightning quick forty yard dribble around a couple of opponents, which led to a free kick about twenty five yards out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was quite impressed with him. He, he's been told now by by Diaz that. Rather than playing as a second forward, he might have to play as an enganche. Uh, I was going to ask you actually, when, where do you see his place? I've seen him play as a winger, I've seen him play second striker, I've seen him play enganche. Can you see where his natural position would be in River at least? Um, <sighs> this is this is, seems to be the question with the tournament. No one really knows where he should play. The thing is, I really like him when he's when he's got the ball and he's running running yeah. with it. I'm not sure if he's an that, enganche, right? As a result, he's not. I, I don't think he is uh, really an enganche. Yeah. I'd like to see Lancini being given a little bit more faith uh, by by Diaz in in that position. Um, but I definitely think he thought can do a job as either kind of the wide man in say a four two three one, say wide on the left cutting in. Um, or the second striker if you if you're playing two up front, yeah. uh, that man just playing off just off Tress again. If anything happens to to Mora or, or to Luna, if, if if they drop off in in form, or they'd have to say you know Mora, <laughs> if he can continue throughout the final being as good as he was throughout the initial, um, then that's not going to be an issue. Yeah. But no, I think he is more of that player, and that's almost kind of the reason that although I think he was a fantastic signing. I, I don't think he was exactly the sign that River needed. Well, we got, I'm, I'm glad that we got him. I hope he does yeah. well. I'm not saying I don't think he's going to do well in the six months that he's he's with River. It's, it's a loan. Six months is like 
Three um, months, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very similar, actually, to what I think about um, Bolatti. He mm. came into Racing and who actually played a really good game on, on Friday night. He yeah, scored yeah. intelligently, just never stopped running. Good, good. good. player, yeah. steps to the squad, but you don't really... At the same time, you've got, yeah, you really got Bichardi, you've got Camaronesi, you've got Pelletieri, and yeah. you've got Zuccolini, all in kind of that, you know, where you can say um, Bichardi plays a little bit out, further out wide and Camaronesi maybe a bit further forward, but mm. they're all kind of that same kind of player, right? Exactly. So it, yeah. yeah, it was an odd, an odd decision when Racing have kind of really... More glaring deficiencies. Yeah. That I mean, as I kept as I kept saying throughout the summer, what Ripper really needed to sign Lankioni, of course, it has proved a, a fantastic signing because as Matias Almeida told us six months ago, he didn't have a, a left back. Uh, yeah. That was after letting Lucas Oliveira go to Tigre on a free transfer, almost. Still, still on his side. Oh yeah, I'm still uh, angry about it because he, again, he's, he's played well in his first two matches as well mm-hmm. for uh, 2013, and he's moving into centre back now as well. He's a very versatile player. Um, but uh, Vacchioni was good at left back but River really could have used with maybe signing another centre back because they've got plenty of centre backs but at the moment all of them are injured <laughs> they, they've all got crucial ligament injuries that are going to keep them out until August so. like Campo Dinelli it's like a similar case <laughs> with, uh, with Cáceres you yeah. know it's like I, I really want him to fail yeah. excellent <laughs> player and he's playing quite well mm. so far right Precisely, yeah. Um, and now we've got uh, Adalberto Roman has has done his. It's not crucial ligaments. It's something slightly less serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a calf tear or something, which is going to keep him out for about three weeks. As a result of which, we're going to have Leandro Gonzalez Pires, who I think is a good player, but he's very young, yeah. relatively inexperienced, and it leaves nothing on the bench behind him if one of the remaining centre backs gets injured. Right. So, I mean, why didn't they sign somebody? Is is the only question that I have. Are you playing? Uh, this weekend, River play against. <laughs> to check. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to drag that sentence out for as long as I could, but I'm going to have to check. Round three, River at home against Tigre. Oh, no. Um, big River play whoever Boca played in the last round, probably. Right. Uh, interesting. Um, that, that one should be good, actually, yeah. Um, talking about questions, though, uh, which I was doing a minute ago in a way uh, we're now going to play some incidental music and we will come back and we'll answer some listeners questions because we have had plenty this week cool. so don't go anywhere Is, is pouring some, some more fernet for us. Uh, we'll get on with the questions. We're First of all, Leo Russomano asks, question for the podcast. You guys often discuss the lack of quality in Argentine football. Top five reasons why this is the case. Well, every good player is in Europe. <laughs> every good player, yeah. Players leave too early. Uh, kind of, you have a very kind of, what's called here, a resultadista mindset kind of because of the short seasons the coaches can't afford to lose so they play not to lose which definitely uh, you know influences how they do it so yeah, because they, they lose three games in a row and exactly. they're out so they have to, to <laughs> try to at least get a draw yeah I think a lot of the reasons revolve around that kind of the there's fact a certain that kind of thing short term 
We were talking about the coaching of the young, the, the national youth teams, at least uh, a couple of weeks ago. After when, when, when we were discussing Argentina's Sulvente uh, failure again, and I think there's a certain thing with that as well. The youth coaching perhaps isn't what it was. Certainly at, at, at some clubs. Mariano, you're Argentine. You've been watching this for three times longer than, than we have. This and I know you, well. I know it's very. Yeah. They had a. They had a well, simple. They had a very successful. Coach in Beckerman and all the job he's, he did, and the AFA just decided to change. But what I'm saying is, does that attitude that's happened at national team level filtered out through club level as well? I don't think so, because you know, even if maybe the quality of the players are, are coming out are not as good as 10, no, 20 years ago. I think ago. we can say the players are still coming, and they're coming really, they're coming, really they're coming. But they're regular. It's like we say here, they are burning them young, came on, uh, very young, you know. Yeah. They, are, they don't yeah. give, look what happened with Centurion. Yeah, of course. Six good Prime months, example. and yeah. I don't know, now he was going to go to Russia, and now he's injured, and Actually, he, won't, yeah. he won't play this tournament, I think. No, I was going to say about that earlier, and you, you kind of prompted me, but yeah. it slipped my mind. He's going to be operated on tomorrow, because I think, as we've already mentioned in the, in the pod beforehand, he's got a kind of genetic you could probably say like a defect or a deformity on his ankle which he can play with but it's also like a ticking time bomb kind of thing it could fuck him up at any time so he'll be operated on tomorrow he's going to do his rehabilitation in in Argentina and he's going to be out between three or four months so essentially he's going to he's going to be out the tournament yeah I mean the club doctor a couple of weeks ago said that he wasn't going to play the Donnell you know, yeah, like yeah, he played right. his last match for Racing unbelievable he, he plays six months and no, yeah. no he's out so uh, some a few months ago I did like a mental exercise and tried to think if every player in Europe was back in the team where they started or you know or the team they are fan of it would be a <laughs> maybe the best tournament in the world with Brazil it would be amazing for example Racing would have I don't know, uh, Lisandro Lopez and Milito. Diego Milito, for yeah. example. I don't know. Romero in goal. Ah, uh, no, I'd have Saka. Uh, oh, yeah. no, no, so Saka would be in San Lorenzo, maybe. Um, San Lorenzo would have Navesi, yeah. uh, would have Bergesio, for example, or maybe Bergesio would be a Brazil. Yeah. In the uh, would have Aguero, Denis. <laughs> right, right. I'd right. stick my neck out and suggest that River would be the biggest beneficiaries. River? Yeah, of course. Imagine a decade with Aymar, Saviola, Crespo. Uh, it would be lots of strikers there. I'm not sure about the defense. Okay, now here in the league, he could make yeah, a difference. Cambiaso, I mean, yeah, uh, Boca with uh, Tevez. Yeah. You know, it would be a huge difference. That, that's the main reason why the. Oh, no, so well, all the. Well, Tevez really would have to go back to all boys, I think. Uh, oh, maybe <laughs> also to all boys, right? Yeah. They're coming, they're coming to Argentina. Right, to Argentina so. Juniors. Just, um, just to be fair. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the, to get back to the question, the, the main reasons are, are the economy. Yeah, right, right, of course. Because more than anything else, and also the, the players just have to be sold to Europe at younger and younger ages. And the club management is not good at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the AFA, that's the also the, the AFA, the Barras, and the. Clubs, yeah. the management of each club, except Vélez, Lanús, and maybe uh, one more. Mm. They're all really bad. Uh, Matthias Silverstein, thank you very much indeed for your uh, donation, Matthias, after your question last week. Uh, this week's Fanat is not funded by because we're going to wait until Joel gets back. Uh, we thought it was only fair on him. But uh, it will go towards at least a couple of bottles. If anybody else would like to donate, as we said last week, PayPal is sam at astelgolciempre.com. And uh, just let me know what it's, it's for, and I will make sure it goes to the right place. A microphone or Fernet is up to you. Um, he says, uh, tough to watch all 10 games each weekend, 
do any of us watch Paso a Paso, which is the like match of the day equivalent on uh, Thursday Sports? Sports? Um, what other extended highlight shows do you watch? I say it's it's a fantastic program, which I don't watch nearly as much as I should do. Exactly, it really. Is me, yeah. Generally speaking, by Sunday evening, I've watched so much football that I'm desperate to get out of the house, so right. I go out to the pub right. for dinner. And, and then you have that's what, that's what. you have like 24 hours highlights programs all the mm. week you know yeah. they're talking about ESPN Sports Centre right. Fox Sports uh, Centre Fox all of this stuff they just show goals and highlights and right. stuff and the games exactly. on repeat all the way through the week yeah. Uh, but, but yeah Paso Paso makes a difference yeah. you know? and they have this new show in TV Pública Football Permitido mm. that they are also doing like some kind of Paso a Paso they show the, the coaches and all that extra stuff yeah. plus on every news station like if you're watching TV Pública or Nueve in America whatever every news transmission they're going to show the goals like. everyone's gone slightly crazy about it because before Football Baratodos came in uh, Teixe had the exclusive rights and for the matches that weren't televised which were most of the matches each weekend that didn't involve Boca or River um, they would keep the goals they, they wouldn't show right. the goals from before, Friday or before Saturday the, before the YouTube became exactly. massive yeah. you know and when you had a game on Friday time. you have a game on Friday and you're, you're, you're either at the game or the first time you saw yeah. the goal the game was going to be 11 o'clock on Sunday night so. no 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 no. Oh. you had the goals on Friday and you didn't see the goals until Sunday night mm. right. so it was yes. <laughs> when you think when I think about it it's crazy it's insane, I mean, yeah. now you watch Absolutely. the games uh, uh, 10 seconds after the goals well, yeah. you have them on YouTube and everywhere plus the Ole site as well Ole has got a yeah. lot a lot of problems as a publication like a lot of errors but one thing they do well is they have every single goal of the um, of the week always on the, on the site <laughs> often within fantastic. a matter of minutes of the yeah. playing score and did you, check the, did you check the new Fútbol para Todos website it's pretty good I haven't no, fútbolparatodos.com I was hoping they were going to have a live stream on but they didn't yeah, well, uh, but it's pretty good it's, it's uh, not bad. they put the goals in good high quality yeah it's good um, but yeah in, in terms of extended highlight shows extended highlights uh, there's there's not a hell of a lot, but certainly goals and, and the main incidents, uh, the kind of edited highlights, I guess you could say, there's no shortage of choice in terms of football when you're in Argentina. Um, I think it would be cool if they, they would repeat whole matches, you know? Maybe They do. No, they very yeah, occasionally really? do something late, late at night. night you'll get very late at night, kind of two, three o'clock in the morning on Nueve no. or... Or these channels like the sometimes I take them the public channels they they appear yeah check the check the listens and stuff they do I know very often um, I'll go to Racing say I don't know seven o'clock kickoff get home go out to dinner go get pissed with my mates after the game and (laughs) run into my house at four o'clock and then sit down and watch the match oh that's cool I didn't know that (laughs) which you'd missed when you were actually out of state (laughs) well yes of course (laughs) a cloud of of various substances um (laughs) Ursus Arctos. I know what you're playing. Nothing at all. Ursus Arctos asks thoughts on MLX accusations of culinary sabotage at the Montevideo Hilton. Mariano was telling us about this just before we started. Uh, as we're recording, MLX have been, I think it's now finished. Or is no, it half time? MLX are visiting Peñarol in the Estadio Centenario in Montevideo. Uh, and I'll let Mariano take the story over from here because both me and English kind of managed to miss the story side. Yeah, apparently uh, they were a food poison <laughs> last night. Uh, some players and the coach. <laughs> and they're saying it was on purpose, but of course, no, who, knows. who knows? It's possible that it was on purpose. These things happen in hotels, you know. Yeah, of course. People, you know, if they get ill, everyone's going to get ill because they're eating the same thing. But so far they are near <laughs> at halftime, so they're, yeah, they're looking okay from what yeah. we could see. 
Uh, next question is from La Celeste blog, uh, blog on Uruguayan football, as I've suggested. He asks, is Saviola heading to MLS? Maybe at the end of Maybe the season. Yeah, yeah. To Seattle, but it's not, in, not yeah. confirmed yet. Well, uh, a surprising move, but... No, nah, I think he played like in six, seven teams throughout his career, yeah. and he seems to always be running uh, behind the mind, behind the mind. So <laughs> yeah, it's possible that if there's a nice contract, he will do it. Uh, Connor says, ignoring the tables, which three teams do we want to see get promoted from the B? Uh, he also asked, what what was the last team to change neighbourhoods or grounds, which we probably touched on already with San Lorenzo I'm guessing I can't think of any since yeah I, uh, I don't think since then. That, that hasn't happened yeah, but the first question which three teams would we want to see get promoted I'd like to see Central and yeah, Gimnasia back in it looks like Central might as well Gimnasia as well Gimnasia won last night against Huracan of course yeah, and yeah. they did yeah. very well Huracan won great, great game, game. Yeah, great it was a really good game actually I've put Huracan into my third choice it's not going to happen it's definitely not going to happen he says ignoring the table so I'd like to see Huracan but Central First option. Yeah, Central yeah, definitely. Olympo are not particularly. I guess to follow on, if we ignore the tables, which three teams would we like them to replace in the Primera? Independiente. <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, Independiente. Uh, we are very Buenos Aires centre. Yeah. So I would say San Martín de San Juan, <laughs> Unión. Actually, I quite like to see. Um, and Rafael. Yeah. And Rafael. <laughs> I'm going to go on Instagram. I'd, like, I'd quite like to see a gimnasia de Jujuy go up. To have like a Jujeño team in. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, I, I would like, well, okay, we it, it, it won't happen, like but I would like Union to stay, you know, because we have the Colonial Derby in first division. I like that. But yeah, but I'd rather have stay. the Central News Derby. Yeah, but Central would be great, yeah. and Gimnasia would be Gymnasia. also great to promote. And Ferro, Ferro, I'd like Ferro. To Ferro is my, Ferro. my second Ferro. team. Ferro is my second team, so. Yeah. Yeah. There we go, Central, Gimnasia, and Ferro. Won't happen, but Ferro would be nice. With Uracan, maybe. Close to fourth. I, I guess the the main difference there is that Huracan have actually been in the Primera much more recently than than Ferro. Have. Yeah, Ferro like um, went down like a decade ago and yeah. never returned. Um, next question is from oh that's you in fact Mariano. It's not a question. It's just saying that you're recording with us tonight. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Rose asks, why don't the FIFA video games have the Argentine league? Is there another option? Uh, I thought I they didn't care less about the no. answer to the question because I don't play FIFA, but I'm guessing it's a rights issue. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it on, is it on Pro Evo? I know one of the two, I don't play them either, but if, uh, I think uh, one of the FIFA two has Racing FIFA, and FIFA. Yeah, I mean, I FIFA, FIFA when I used to yeah. play it when I was at uni would, would have uh, River and Boca on it. They have River, and that was it. They have River, they have Boca, and they have Racing yeah. because they negotiated the rights directly with uh, EA Sports. Yeah. When Gio yeah. was there and stuff, they got. Yeah. And Pro Evolutions, Soccer, the other game has the rights to Copa Libertadores so usually the games the teams playing Copa Libertadores are right. also the team. Uh, Banfield was a few years ago and News and yeah. the other option that, that I would recommend if you if you just want the leagues and you're not too bothered about what the actual game is go for Football Manager because that's got everything Never down played. to about I think uh, I think Primera B it's got down to Metropolitana uh, yeah. Right, Mitone, Argentino, and, and uh, Primera C. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, they've got everything. It's a completely different game, of course, but uh, <laughs> still, they've got it. Um, and finally, Craig, Craig Clark has been trying to get this question to me on time to record for about the last four weeks, uh, <laughs> and has been failing by a matter of hours. I've been getting home and seeing the tweet and saying, sorry, tweet next week. And he's managed it this time. So although it's rather late, uh, we're going to ask it. He says it's probably too late again. It's not Craig, don't worry. Uh, but please tell us what happened with that pre-season Rosario derby. 
uh, we rewind about a month. Uh, Newell's old boys and Rosario Central, who we were just talking about, as one of the teams we'd like to see come up from the B. For this very reason, we're going to be playing in a derby uh, in in the in the summer. Friendlies. Friendlies. Friendly. 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 Very in, in very large inverted commas. Um, the the Newell's Central Clásico is. Many people will tell you it, it is the most bitter in the country. Yeah. Um, a lot of the kind of international uh, football magazines and stuff that mention it will tell you it's second behind River Boca or, no, or no, third no, behind no. River Boca and Independiente Racing. For most people who actually feel it, it's on a different planet altogether. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's more comparable to Independiente Racing yeah, than, yeah. than Boca River. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because you've got the, the case that you've got one city. Right. Uh, two teams and they absolutely hate you know, I, I of course in Capital you've got so many teams it kind of gets diluted a bit mm. or even though they're the biggest teams but I think with Independiente Racing and and uh, Central News and you just got a, I mean, H, a real real intercity yeah. hatred I mean the, the, the point is essentially that this is a match that when you watch it you can feel the passion it's played with coming through even just on the television it's just yeah. extraordinary well it's at, at some point it's like to buy one also it's, yeah. uh, it's, gonna, uh, <laughs> it's not normal I've, I've not mentioned this on the podcast yet this week but when this happened I was in Europe because um, uh, I, I went away for a couple of months ah. um, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I you didn't that. say um, so I'm going to let you two explain exactly what happened last month with <laughs> The Rosario Derby that ended up not being played. Well, you can say basically all hell broke loose. Kind yeah. of into the you know the game didn't really even get close to being played, but just the anticipation of it meant uh, fans were crossing each other in the streets, and I think some shots, it, when yeah, the shots were getting smashed in. It got called off on the day of the match or the day before, or no, it was called ten, thirty minutes before the yeah. kickoff. There we go. It was crazy. It was never going to be played nah. because there were no uh, away fans in the stadium. Mm. They were going to play yeah, a right. game at Rosario Central and a game at New Stadium. But without away fans. Really. Without away fans. But <laughs> of course, uh, okay, they, they didn't fall in the stadium, but they did it in, uh, I don't know, in a park or something. In uh, everywhere in Rosario, yeah. just they, turned into a battle. They, they waited. They waited until the stadium was full, yeah. and then they decided to suspend it. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But the problem is that. I mean, okay, they didn't play in the last three years. Yeah. So that's why the tension is. And Central so have basically had had about the three years of you know swallowing news abuse and news right. taunts. Yeah. So. But they will have to play again one day. I think. <laughs> Hopefully, in six months they will play. Once it gets to the league, it's not going to be an issue. You get it sometimes where when a team gets relegated. Their opponents will say, you know, oh, in a way, I'm going to miss it because I'm going to miss the derby. Right. I want to come back. Sorry, <laughs> I had a Newell's friend. Who and I, and I asked her. She's a member at New York. She goes to every single home match. And I asked her, "Are you gonna, you know, miss Central in any way?" And she just burst out laughing and said, "No." Okay. Well, ask any uh, Racing fan as well if they want Independiente to stay up, and you'll get a very similar reaction. Hmm. Yeah, I know many San Lorenzo fans, yeah, including course, myself, that yeah. we we want Ura come back. <laughs> I guess for you guys it's a little bit different no, because Ura can have been out of the league and come back. Yeah, yeah, we're so. used to it, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Right, we are see. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Uh, I would like them back in first division to have the derby again. Yeah. Um, on which notes, we're going to uh, play some music again now, and then Mystic Sam will be uh, Mystic Sam. 
descending into the room through the ceiling. <laughs> uh, there is no hole there at the moment, but there will be in a few minutes. Um, and we'll come back and I will tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this weekend. Don't go anywhere. through these very quickly because English Dan is going to have to leave before long and I've still got three quarters of my fairness in my glass to down before he does so. Well I've still got a quarter. No. Indeed. It's going to be interesting to see me play today. It, it might be, I might even go along just for a laugh. We'll, we'll call um, it the burrito method of play. Akinfinos Juniors versus Arsenal, a match that I'm going to be at. Well, God very brave. Um, <laughs> is going to be a draw. I think Akinfinos has been improving and... I've got some faith in them to get a result of that. Have fun. San Lorenzo to win away to Estudiantes. Oh. I apologise. <laughs> uh, Union versus Quilmes. Wait, wait, wins, of wait, course. What were your results last week? How many did you... I've not counted them up yet. Come on. Uh, because uh, I need Mystic to know Sam, if I have yeah. to worry or not. Well, for Mystic Sam, I predicted a Boca away win. For Hong Kong, I actually ended up predicting a draw in that match. But Mystic Sam, I think, got four. I think uh, that's, sure good. that's good it's respectable um, Union versus Kilmes of course Kilmes are going to win that one yeah, really? it's stupid to bet against again, anything else uh, All Boys versus Boca I think Boca are going to record their second win first away win of the season agree uh, of the, the year sorry uh, Lanus to beat Vélez Sarsfield who've again as we say had another uh, Copa Libertadores match in midweek Atletico Rafaela to get a, a win against Godoy Cruz in Rafaela. Independiente versus Racing. We'll leave the Clásico till last, shall we? Let's do that. Uh-huh. Um, Belgrano versus Colón. I think Belgrano are going to win. Colón's away record is dreadful. Uh, River Plate to get a home win against Tigre. Who again, Tigre in Copa Libertadores action in midweek. Mm-hmm. San Martín to lose at home to Newell's Old Boys and the Avellaneda Clásico uh, which we've not previewed at all no we talked we talked a lot about Racing and Independiente we didn't preview it uh, formally as such Uh, the Avellaneda Clásico is going to finish in the draw yeah um, the easiest uh, Racing will definitely be favourites but but Independiente's result last weekend as you said Dan might just give them that confidence that's a game in which there's very few draws it is very very rarely yeah, yeah. it finishes in a draw uh, even if it looks like every game is going to finish near near yeah. there, there are a few draws it's crazy that's, that's yeah. how just, you always think that they're going to cancel each other you know yeah, yeah. like Boca River and actually they don't no actually <laughs> either one, one team always yeah. just grabs it by the scruff of the net right, right. I'm going to look up the um, the last draw was in Cancilla Racing uh, in 2011 under Simeone Racing took the lead through Auchi and Independiente equalised through Barra, maybe. And you were saying that... Uh, well, it's, it's bizarre, because in fact, uh, there have been more draws than there have been racing wins in the whole, in, in the professional era history of the competition. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right, in the, in the last kind of couple of decades, there don't seem to have been very many at all. And uh, the last three home games, Independiente, the last three games, at Independiente, Independiente won. You yeah, were saying yeah. That. Maybe even more. 
Independiente since the uh, since 1931, which is when professionalism came in, that's, that's the only statistics I've got a website for, unfortunately. Oh, it's yet. Um, Independiente have 169, Racing have 148, and there have been 63 draws. Cool. 21 partidos. Yeah. It's a <laughs> so, so there we go. What, what I imagine that once you factor in the amateur era as well, Racing's stats go up quite considerably, because of course Racing were very, very good before yeah. 1931. But the historiales only, only seem to go back to the professional era. Yeah, it's very generally. Boring. I, 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 I guess maybe yeah. in the amateur they played a lot of friendlies that didn't really have much you know for that reason they, they play a lot of friendlies that don't have any meaning now as well yeah but they don't count either I can't see what would be so difficult to go back and take out all the league tables and that kind of stuff anyway um, thank you very much for listening to another uh, hour of our wittering about Argentine football the battery uh, survived which was a good effort the battery is still just about going which, so we're going to sign off now before it dies altogether Ooh, first of all from a uh, special guest Mariano Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming again. And hopefully it won't be quite so long before we get you back on. Yeah, hope so. Try and remember when we're recording. Mariano keeps forgetting, which is why I've not had him on for such a long time. Uh, it's very irritating. He's got a job. I don't know what one of those is. <laughs> How to work. Uh, job fan. <laughs> kind of business. Yeah, job, young child. Yeah, it's... Excuses. Busy, busy life. Um, it's another seven already. Thank you very much to English Dan. Thank you for having me again. Uh, myself and English Dan, of course, will be back next week. Um, and thank you very much. And uh, goodbye for now from me. Goodbye. <laughs>